Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Go Steelers! Go Steelers! Say Go Steelers! Welcome to the Steelers Outpost Podcast, a proud member of Sports Drink Network. It's May 16th, 2021. This is Tom coming to you from the Sawdust Studios of the Washington, D.C. Outpost. Nick joins me from the Houston Outpost. And a surprisingly longish list of things to talk about this week. We have, we're going to talk about Ben welcoming the rookies. Um, we have uh, we have some news about rookie minicamp. And the 2021 schedule, last but not least, has come out as well. I don't know if it's uh, surprising that there's uh, a lot to talk about. I still think we're we are huffing the fumes of post-draft talk. And those fumes will linger for some time before we go into the desert, which this year we're going to prepare for, that desert of no content, you know, that horrible time, okay, in between the draft and the post-draft fumage I was speaking of. And when training camp actually starts, that's when we're going to probably incorporate more guests, have fun discussions, hypotheticals, arguments, skits, um, you know, declarations, political uh, leanings, so on and so forth. But for now, you're right. There's a lot to talk about. And I guess the first thing is, what are we going to eat for dinner? Because Big Benny and the offensive rookies ate good for Saturday dinner. So he just took the drafted offensive players, the new rookies. And the best part of this is um, originally some statement was released. I don't know if it was Jeremy Fowler or Aditi or somebody tweeted out that Ben is taking out Najee Harris, Fryermuth, and Kendrick Green to dinner. He's taking all the offensive rookies. And all the <clears throat> incels on Twitter said, well, what about Dan Moore? Ben's about Dan Moore, Dan Moore. And then later the, the tweet was added like, oh, yeah, also Dan Moore. Okay. But just if you guys are looking for something to talk about, you don't have anything. But that is cool that Ben is taking those guys out to dinner. I would expect it would be a pretty nice dinner. Like That's one of those things where the offensive linemen, and these guys aren't all linemen, right? But the offensive players get treated by the quarterback. I don't know where you'd rank Ben in terms of quarterback gifts. I don't think it's the very top. I think he's gotten some great stuff for them before. All the quarterbacks tend to get watches for the linemen at some point, flat screens, things like that. But I know Aaron Rodgers has gotten like ATVs for his linemen and, and really crazy stuff. I don't know where Ben ranks in that. I, I don't think it's at the very bottom. I don't think it's at the top. But when it comes to a dinner, like I would have to think like you're at least going to the Four Seasons or Ruth Chris. Where do you think? Where do you think he takes these guys, Dad? He brought them home. His wife's giving him a good home-cooked meal wow. because he's saying, this is the last thing I'm going to buy for you guys unless I am upright 
for 17 games this year. And Najee, you need to be rookie of the year. He said, Najee, the last offensive genius that I played with got really mad that I didn't invite him over to my house. So here you are. Welcome to my house. You can't say I never gave you anything. (laughs) Oh, we're speaking of him. We are. Yeah. And now we're not because there's not much of a story there. Honestly, it's just that uh, Ben, I actually think Ben has gotten better with some of these out of school leadership type of things over the last five or six years. There was all the propaganda against him during the Bell and Brown exodus. We're saying it wasn't a good leader. Then a lot of Pittsburgh people railed against that saying, oh, he's been taking receivers to Georgia to throw with him for, for a while. I don't think that was going on for that long. That was like a Marcus Wheaton era, early Killer Bees era thing when he started doing that. So I think as his career has neared the conclusion, he has gotten better with incorporating people. And it's nice to see that he brought the rookies in that way because all of those guys, except maybe Dan Moore, are going to have a major role to play this year. So speaking of Najee, uh, I know you have some final thoughts on him before we get into it because almost everything written about rookie training camp has been about him. Yeah, well, when you look at a picture of him, it's just impossible to not be excited. His biceps have biceps. He's got two gold chains on. The swag level, the suave level, the cool factor is out of the roof. Like, yeah, this guy's, this guy's the best player in the NFL. I'm going to tell you that right now. I'm going to tell you that right now. How many times, Dad, did we talk about Najee in the pre-draft process and say, like, look, we know it's, it's not great value, but it's going to be impossible not to be excited when you get him and then you see him in the Steelers uniform and how damn good he looks there. Yeah, we were right. It's impossible not to get excited. But I wanted to give us a week or two off of talking about Najee Harris last week because we had talked so much about him for the months prior, right? And maybe not so much about him in particular as much as we talked about drafting a running back, but it was always under the assumption that that running back was going to be Najee, right? So I have landed on a final conclusion that to sum up all of our thoughts, or yours and my thoughts here, on why I think that Najee is actually a good pick. Am I saying it's the best pick? Is it the worst pick? No, but on terms of good or bad, I think it's a good pick because it's not just about winning the Super Bowl this year. This is about making the best team for your Super Bowl window, which is going to last for the next five years about. Because if you look at the Steelers team, they are in a really weird position. And the reason they're in a weird position is because of Ben. Like, you have a first ballot. is If there's a zero ballot to go into the Hall of Fame, if you put him in now, that's the quarterback you have, right? But he's at the very end. And listen, this is my guy. He's my favorite player of all time, the greatest athlete in American history, so on and so forth. He was very bad at the end of last year. It was terrifying. We have given the disclaimer that every player was bad over the very end of last year, but particularly him. In that Bengals game, in that Bills game, and in the first half against the Browns before there was, you know, no pressure, it was scary. And the reason why he was bad, to me, just goes back to one thing. It's the arthritic knees. Everyone's detailed it. The arm is fine. We, see him, we saw him throw lasers all the way through that Browns game. But he's, he's an old man. He has arthritis. He literally has an old man disease now, right? 
He can't get his legs beneath him. What are you? Are you going to say something? I just wonder if he has ear hair yet. That's he's, that's old man's disease. He's got ear hair down to his shoulders, man. I'm sure he's got somebody trimming that up. I'm sure right when the rookies got to his house at rookie dinner, like, look, you're going to need to get used to this now, but you're trimming my ear hair, Friar Move. That's why they put your locker next to mine. But the Steelers are in a weird position because, Ben, I'm a little worried is in a Drew Brees uh, era where it's like Drew Brees is going to play well for the first half of the year, and then the body just breaks down. Now, luckily, Ben is vastly more physically talented than Brees, so we still saw him at the end of last year in the Colts comeback, in the almost comeback against the Browns, making those throws. We're just like, oh, that, there you go. He just threw it 30 yards on a rope in between three people, right? So this is like, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, they're not getting Aaron Rodgers today. They can try next year to, to, to beat out uh, Denver or someone for him. They're not drafting one of the top quarterbacks. They didn't go for a Justin Fields. Justin Fields also, like, is that really a Super Bowl day one kind of quarterback? I don't know about that. They're in no man's land because their roster is too good and too young, the third or fourth youngest roster in the entire NFL. They're too good to just tank, right? But then you look at the guys who are your superstars, T.J. Watt, Minka Fitzpatrick, Devin Bush, hopefully, Chase Claypool. A lot of these guys, not Claypool because receivers last longer, but a lot of these guys are going to be out of their physical prime five years from now, which is when everybody's so worried that, okay, you're going to lose Najee. He's going to be 28 years old. Yeah, but you're going to lose the, the core of the team regardless. At that point, you don't have the super power that you have right now, okay? So this move is about going all in to win the Super Bowl one time within the next five years. Hopefully it's with Ben, but they're in between a rock and a hard place because right now they're like, okay, our best chance is with Ben because we can't pick up a free agent. We're not early enough in the draft to get a guy who we really believe in, right? So like we've talked about, it's just going to be hard to find that guy. Hopefully they can get Russell Wilson next year. That's going to be a legitimate possibility. Maybe they can get some other guy. Maybe they have to get a Kirk Cousins or a, somebody to steer the ship. But the bottom line is this team is almost fully formed with young superstars. So you're going to make sure that you have a superstar running back for the duration of that window. And I'm going to stand by what I said last week or two weeks ago. The Steelers have young talent on the offensive line. Hopefully Kendrick Green pans out. The more we've looked into him, the more that looks like this is the right scheme fit. This is a guy who mirrors Marquise Pouncey and uh, uh, Matt Canada's offensive style in a lot of ways. Dotson, we know we all have very high hopes for that. Hopefully one of the two tackles can work out between Chooks and Banner. We know that there's question marks for this year. But what happens if you draft a starting offensive lineman around one next year, huh? Then you have three studs on the offensive line, and you're done. Because we've seen if you have two or three guys, you can plug in another two and make a good offensive line. And then what are we saying? Okay, we have to figure out the quarterback, but wow, we have Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, maybe Juju Smith-Schuster, Fryermuth at tight end, a really good offensive line, a top 10 NFL running back, a top 10 defense, and your team is absolutely stacked. So I guess that's what I'm coming down to is like the quarterback thing, we're sort of screwed. We're too good to get a super high draft pick. But, like, I, just because there wasn't a, a, a true blue-chip offensive line player available when they picked Najee, and Najee is a blue-chip running back, and he is a Steelers style from the measurables and playing style running back from his versatility being a three-down guy. So if Landon Dickerson did not have five ACL tears, 
and I was down to roll the dice on him, but if but if he didn't have those leg issues and they pass on him for Najee, yeah, I'd say, okay, that's a big issue because you could have gotten a blue chip lineman. But the only linemen available at that point were second round guys, basically. So I think you have plenty of time to build a you're you're so close to having a phenomenal roster. It's actually the big question is what happens with the aging quarterback and can you get a new one? And that's my final take on why I think Najee's a great pick because he is not just a first-round running back. Like I always said, Etienne's not going to work. He's the first-round running back. That's exactly what the Steelers wanted. Sports. Culture. Takes. Take Line has it all. Take Line is a weekly podcast hosted by Emmy winner Jason Concepcion and former WNBA champ Renee Montgomery that's a fast-paced exploration of the NBA and world of sports and culture. Each week, Jason and Renee talk about the games, players, controversies, and issues. They run both on and off the court. Follow now to hear Take Line every Tuesday, wherever you get your pods. Locker Room. Locker Room's a live, audio-only, sports talk platform, so you can cut out the BS. You can cut out other types of talking that you don't want to hear. All we got to do is talk about sports all day, every day, all the time with other fans, with athletes and insiders in real time. It's the perfect app for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns and reacting to breaking news. You can share your experiences on the app and interact with other people who got the same interests as you without diluting it with the madness of the outside world. Locker Room is a free audio-only social media platform for sports fans. So you can go ahead and join in on the conversation, watching games together, reacting to news, rumors, and more right now by downloading the app for free in the iOS App Store. Create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the group. As I mentioned, this last week saw a rookie minicamp. And Nick, I want to play a little game with you, a little test of your knowledge. Okay. I'm going to go through the jersey numbers of the drafted rookies, and I want you to tell me the most famous Steeler to wear that jersey. Well, it's not, it's not going to be bad. There are, a lot of them are repeats from last year. Let's go. Most famous. All right. All right. Number six. Presley Harvin III. Six. Number six. Sean Sweesham and Bubby Brister would be number two. Boom. <laughs> Continue. Bubby. Quincy Roche, number 48. Bud Dupree. Easy. Has there even been another 48 that's relevant at all? No, it goes right to Roche. Trey Norwood, Norwood, number 21. 21. Hmm, Steelers don't have a lot of great 21s in the past. Sean Davis wore it briefly. Amos Zaraway would be my favorite. Don't you just want to say Roberto Clemente? I know it doesn't count, but that's the only thing that pops in Roberto my head when Clemente, I see 21. We're going with him anyways. He's an, honor, he's an honorary stealer. Isaiah Loudermilk, number 92. James Harrison. Move on. Jason Gilden in the second place there. Buddy Johnson, number 51. James Ferrier. Easy. Shooting fish in a barrel. Dan Moore Jr., number 65. Wow. Nobody. Gerald Hawkins is the last 65, I believe. Pat Fryermuth, number 88. I, I realize I don't know the numbers of the uh, the steel curtain or offensive line, so I wonder if there was a 65 in there, but I don't think there was. Okay, Fryermuth, 88. Lynn friggin' Swan. Najee Harris, 22. 
I love that he has 22 because there's not really an all-time great stealer with number 22. Willie Gay wore 22, right? Maybe even Willie Williams. I could be wrong with Willie Williams. Um, his son, you remember that? His son played on the same, like, not football team that I did, but Maplewood was the name of, like, the league, so they have a team for every weight group, and he was a couple weight groups in ages below us. But remember Willie Williams' son was there, and we were really pumped because that was when the Steelers were winning the Super Bowl. That was great. So Kendrick, um, sorry, Kendrick Green, number 53. Now here's the one in question. Obviously, Marquise Pouncey is going to be the most famous number 53. So let me get your opinion on this, Dad, because you have a healthy mind and soul. And part of that, I think, is due to the fact that you're not really on Twitter. You rely on me um, basically disintegrating my brain and morality by diving into that cesspool, or as Dave Chappelle called it, uh, writing on a bathroom stall wall is what Twitter Twitter is. But I don't know if you heard about this debate. People are pissed off that the Steelers gave Kendrick Green, Marquise Pouncey, Steelers legends, uh, his jersey number, the instant Pouncey walked out the door. Do you have a problem with this or not? I do not care. We do not care. Why not? You're not a jersey number guy, though. It, this is important. I think there are legends and um Joe Green, yeah. Roberto Clemente, yeah. There are numbers you retire. I don't think I guess there are two different questions. Should they be retired? Should they be held in some kind of reverence? And does Marquise Pouncey qualify? I'll start with the second question first. I loved him. I don't think he qualifies. He's definitely not a number you retire. And I know they sort of put some of the numbers on ice without officially retiring them. I right. just don't see that. Yeah, that's interesting. So that's one argument is like, listen, we are only retiring the major super megastars of the major super megastars. The Steelers have so many star players that you wouldn't have any numbers left. Like, you shouldn't give out Lewis Lips' number. He was great on crappy teams, right? But we need to give it out. Um, you're just probably going to give it to the first ballot Hall of Fame type of dudes. Like, you're not going to give away... 12 or 7 or Mean Joe, you know, 43 or, or 75 or whatever it is. So I think that in itself is a legitimate argument, even though it hurts my soul a little bit because Marquise Pouncey is one of my favorite Steelers of all time. He was one of the most critical Steelers. But I do know what you're saying. If you're going to be ruthless about it, he might he doesn't quite make the same cut of Ben Roethlisberger, right? Um, here's what I think. Number one, I don't know if they got Marquise Pouncey's blessing for this. If they got his, if they gave him a heads up, like, hey, we want to give this kid the number, and he said, yeah, cool, then the conversation's done here. But I love that he took the jersey number. I think it's awesome. I, like, the Steelers' center position is a tradition. You could make the argument that's the best position group they've ever had. That if there's one group that the Steelers are better than any other team in NFL history at um, – in terms of having great players at that position, center is insane. I mean, obviously we got great linebackers, but you're talking Mike Webster, Dermani Dawson, and the Marquise Pouncey. And I love the idea that other teams think, finally, we got rid of that 53 guy. He's not going to kick Joby in the back of the head or anybody else. You know, he was a badass. He was the leader of that team, and he's gone. And thank God we don't have to see 53. Who's that? Who's that? Who's that guy? What is that? 52, 53, 53. Damn it. He's back. You can never get rid of him. I took my mentor's number 
in uh, in lacrosse in high school after he graduated, and we played the same position because I thought the same thing. Like, that would be awesome if they thought they finally got rid of this guy. Hey, I owe some things to his lineage. I love the idea that you wear the same number. And I took his number. Uh, I love how Dallas makes 88 the, the super receiver number. Like, you're going to wear 88 if you're going to be our number one receiver here. So I actually kind of like the idea of having a tradition that way, and I do not think that it's disrespectful. Obviously, when you're talking quarterbacks, it's a little bit different, but uh, I, I actually think that that it's pretty cool. Look, I did the same thing in high school. I took Dave Fisher's number 34, and I owned that thing for two years. Of course, Dave Fisher was good, and I barely saw the court, but that number's been my favorite number ever since. How about, you know, Kendrick Green has some big shoes to fill. But I think the bigger story is Isaiah Loudermilk at number 92. That is, those are some big shoes to fill. They've given that one out uh, repeatedly, though, since he went to the Patriots. Then they immediately gave it to, like, I don't remember how many different people have worn that number. But they gave his uh, number out pretty aggressively after that. Hey, actually, you know what's interesting? This is a little bit of a tangent, but... Uh, Juju did another interview this week. It was just like 10, 10 minutes on Adam Lefko's podcast. We talked about Lefko last week. He had the um, uh, Marlon Humphrey interview where we found out that Ben is telling the other team the place at the line of scrimmage. But Juju, he was making more media rounds this week. He talked to Lefko, and he gave a little bit more information, sort of clarifying why he picked the Steelers instead of the Chiefs and the Ravens. And a lot of he said point blank, he's like, look, if I chose the Ravens, everyone's going to hate me. Like, my whole fan base is going to hate me. Like, you're going to go to the arch rival of the team, and you're going to end up like James Harrison. He called out, he actually said James Harrison's name, which I think was a little bit of a slip of the tongue, but that's awesome. Like, James, we always thought that that was stupid. Our opinion was, okay, that was really lame of Harrison. I don't think you can make the argument that it was just – Hey, it was the only team that would have him. I think there is something to the fact like you're a Steelers legend and you go to the arch rival. But then again, you could prove me wrong with that because he played in the Super Bowl and, and he played well in their playoff run that way. So maybe you really can't hold it against, against James Harrison. Although that one hits really close to home, you know, especially when the Steelers had just gone through the Jesse James catch thing. And clearly Harrison enjoyed the fact that he did that he had that kind of personality but we also said this affects nothing point blank zero this is a Steelers legend forever even if you go to the Ravens Patriots and Bengals it's not going to taint your legacy but other people do not feel that way other people got pissed at him and I don't know if it's subsided by this point but I thought that it was interesting that Juju mentioned that like I'm not willing to restart my fan base basically from zero because you're not taking anyone with you from Pittsburgh more or less if you go to the Ravens and then he just expressed like he really wanted to go somewhere where he knows the quarterback he's very loyal to Ben that seems real which is interesting because like you could have played with Patrick Mahomes and uh it's it, this is Ben at 40 not Ben at, at 30, where he'd be like, you're actually going to want to stay with Ben because if you're his number one guy, he's going to get you 120 catches a year, right? I just thought that was interesting that he mentioned that, and then he also said people don't realize Steelers are top five in cap space uh, So he is, uh, next year. So he is hoping to stick with the Steelers, stick with what's brought him this great fame and great success with the coaches who know him, and it seemed very genuine. So I was just interested to hear that on that Lefko interview. Look, there was a movie a long time ago. It might have been in the 70s called The Great Race, I believe. 
course. And this is basically an illegal race across the country, one of those kind of deals. Yeah. And the Italian sits into his car with his whoever was sitting with him, and he ripped off the rearview mirror. And you know what he said? What's behind me doesn't matter. I just, I barely can remember the names of the guys on our team. I, I just don't follow them once they leave. You talking about talk, or what do you mean? What, what, the whole, this is why Jersey members, Juju leaving, Harrison leaving, none of that stuff really matters to me. Sure. I guess I was talking more from this. I sort of pivoted without really announcing it. But what do you think about Juju like keeping that in mind? Because Juju is a businessman. He is destroying. I wonder how his off-field earnings rival his on-field because I bet you it's closer than people might realize. And I sort of think, wow, that's a shrewd businessman. He is right. He would lose a ton of fans by going to the Ravens in particular. Exactly what I was going to say. I wonder if, you know, his livelihood, really, he's going to make half of it in sponsorships. Right. But also, sorry, last thing here. The, then there's the obvious. Like, you're a receiver. You're not, you don't want to go to the Ravens. You're not going to get catches. And that's not just Lamar's fault. That's their whole, their whole team doesn't know how to orchestrate a pass game, whether it's the coaches or anything else. So despite the Ravens thing, there's a lot of reasons not to go to the Ravens because you're going to you are really rolling the dice that you're going to have even anywhere remotely close to the stats you're going to have with the Steelers. Interestingly, there was a three-day uh, mini camp. I'm sorry, rookie camp this week with only 34 players in attendance. And you know how many running backs were there? One. That was Najee. Well, it's and a if nice you go of the regular season because uh, <laughs> you're going to think there's only one the way they're there. Ben, 500 Benny. <laughs> So it's just going to be him and Ray Ray at the end of the day, because Ray 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 Ray's going to play well, for about a, like a, a about fifty. Mini camp, so they don't have any. I guess they didn't bring any other guys in there. Yeah, you wouldn't. You you don't think they'd bring in a couple guys just to you spell would. him? I mean, it doesn't cost anything to bring these guys in. They had three guys in on tryout. Well, they had a. I actually think thirty-four people was a a decent attendance rate for the for this year because the NFLPA was trying to convince people not to go to these mini camps which is really weird because if you're a rookie and uh, you can't miss anything. I mean, only those first three-round guys are guaranteed to make the team. I mean, obviously, the fourth-rounder is going to make the team as well. Damn more. But, like, this is your only opportunity. I can't believe the NFLPA would have any success in convincing rookies not to go to their one chance to maybe somewhat gamble on the lottery ticket of making the team. Honestly, 34, 54, what does it matter after you get more than two guys in a space? I What's don't understand What's the number that. usually? I wonder. I mean, that'd be tough to pull off. But I think I remember hearing, like, oh, they had pretty good attendance. It's in the 50s, the, yeah. the COVID, you know, stuff and NFLPA, whatever, whatever. We did know that the 2021 – we did know the 2021 uh, opponents, opponents. But this week the actual schedule came out. Did you have a chance to examine that? Oh, yeah. I examined it. And here's another social conversation to have. The idea that the schedule release is completely worthless, thats that opinion is worthless. The schedule release is awesome, okay? Yeah, we already knew who they were playing because it's a mathematical equation every year. You play your divisional opponents. You play one conference in the NFC and AFC on a rotating basis. And now you get one extra opponent from the opposing conference in, uh, you know, and also on a rotating schedule. Who cares, nerds? We didn't sit there doing the math of when they were going to happen. And by the way, there is a lot you can tell about a schedule before the year comes out. Now, 
The reason why people say it doesn't matter is because so much can change with injuries. I mean, I remember two or three years ago, the Steelers had some really difficult teams like Colts, Packers, and everything, and Andrew Luck retires, and and Aaron Rodgers is hurt. And so then, okay, you're not nearly as nervous about it. Or how about the Steelers two years ago? If you see the Steelers on your schedule, you're like, oh, my God, that's going to be hard. Oh, then Ben Roethlisberger's out for the season. Okay, different game. So, yeah, I understand you can't predict all the games, but you can definitely get a feel for, like, oh, I have to play in New England in December. That's going to be hard. It's freezing there. Or this is the number of excellent quarterbacks I'm going to have to play. I know I just listed a couple years where the Steelers lucked out with quarterbacks that are injured, but quarterbacks get injured at a far um, lower rate than other players get hurt, you know? So you can generally assume like, I don't care what's going on with green Bay. Bad example because Rogers has missed the last two <laughs> meetings with the Steelers, but I don't care what's going on with them. Actually another bad example because he might get traded. I don't care what's going on with Seattle. You're probably going to have to play Russell Wilson. And even if they have other people injured, it's going to be hard as hell. To beat them so i do think there's a lot you can tell about it and then obviously you see when your bye week is and um lastly it's just fun all of this is completely meaningless people listen like not entirely because it, it really is worth it to have a distraction from your life i've talked about it ad nauseum we do a, a podcast here so sometimes i have to justify like i am so into this and i i am not on a team I do not have a career on a team or something like that, but it really provides me with a lot of happiness and sadness and stress and life lessons that you can truly apply to every other aspect of your life when you look at how these guys have to handle their business, when you look at how football deals with adversity more than maybe any other sport because of the randomness of the game, right? But at the end of the day, like, it's just for fun. So it's fun that we get to see the schedule, see the matchups at what time, and just talk about this crap. So stop taking yourself so seriously. I agree. You know, just like I would say that the mocks were a waste of time, it I've changed my my view on that. It is kind of fun, and um, the fact that people come up with like seven drafts, seven mark drafts, just tells you everything you need to know. Nobody's really hanging their reputation out on those. So just for grins, you know, people like were want to do go through the schedule and try to project the the final um, final record, which is yeah. a fool's errand. And this is not to circle him in particular, but Mark Caboli, you know, the beat writer for the Steelers, oh, yeah. I, I follow him on the Athletic. He's, he's a good guy. Yeah. He, uh, I just want to tell you what his prediction was last year. It's kind of funny. The Steelers will start the season 3-0. and So far, he was spot on. But then lose their next four of six, going five and four. Then they will win six of their final seven and go 11 and five. I can't even say this is like diametrically opposed to what, um, what happened with the Steelers, but it missed the flow entirely. For, and yeah. who could have predicted any of that stuff? This year... Caboli says they're going to go six and three in the first half of the season and go five and three in the second half of the season for a record of 11 and six. That's what his opinion is. Well, we're going to do the same thing right now. We're going to do it live. Uh, maybe. So let's just start with this. You definitely have a good idea of what week one's going to look like. And week one is against probably the second best team in, 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 in the AFC. I actually think the third best team because I think the second best team is the Cleveland Browns. More on that later. Uh, but the Buffalo Bills, the Steelers have to go to Buffalo. No weather concerns there. Not that it would matter. Steelers don't care if it's cold. 
it's Pittsburgh. Uh, but week one at the Bills, who are a team that's really returning pretty much everybody when it comes to their core. High-flying offense and uh, young and confident with an MVP caliber quarterback. Now, I can't believe that this is a 1 p.m. game. Like, this seems like a primetime game or at least a 4.30 game. I My feeling on that is I, don't, I, I like that this is the first matchup. Okay, so it's 1 p.m., so it takes a little bit of the pressure off uh, between playing at night when you see sometimes there can be some jitters there at the beginning of the season like Ben had at the beginning of the Giants game last year when he was coming back from the elbow, and he was missing some passes left and right, and then he settled in through three tutties. But it takes the pressure down when you're at 1 p.m., but I like that they're playing a good team instead of all those years when they would open up against the crappy Browns who, who were rebuilding constantly, and the Steelers would always be sloppy in those games. I think that this is a good way to, to, uh, to knock them into their senses to prepare for the first game because I think that the, the taste around the Steelers is they're not a joke, but nobody's taking them seriously because the end of last season was such a colossal failure that I think that this is kind of a nice way for them to come out and, and make a statement against a really good team who is going to absolutely uh, abuse the Steelers' secondary. <laughs> it's going to be so difficult. Now, remember last year, it sucks, man. I, I hate saying this, but Ben lost them that game. The Steelers were dominating the first half. Josh Allen had no idea what he was seeing. He was throwing picks. He was throwing the ball over people's head. And the Steelers just could not get a damn first down because Ben and Deontay, actually, you can't put it all on Ben. That was one of that was Deontay's famous game. Um, just couldn't move the ball down the field. Then Ben throws the pick six to end the first half. And in the second half, the Bills make some adjustments, completely figure out what the Steelers' zone is doing and just hit Stephon Diggs on a bunch of slants, and he goes for like 200 friggin' yards. So the Steelers are have half the amount of good cor- – the two best corners from last year who got abused in that game are gone. Now, Hayden didn't play last, last time they played, I think, and he's back. But uh, all I'm saying is, oh, my goodness, it's going to be difficult from that standpoint. But remember, the Steelers had their num- – they should have beat them. They should have beat them relatively handily last year. So I don't think this is some big mismatch. I think this is a pretty uh, even game, and it's just interesting to see. Do you have any thoughts on that or the fact that it's the seventh consecutive year where the Steelers open on the road? I legit don't care. Like, who cares? Rather end up at home. I don't know. Where have we ended up at the last game of the season over the last over that period? That's what I care about is how the end of the se- how many home games you have at the end of the year. But to open on the road, I'm like, well, okay. I mean, it it's annoying, I guess, but it it doesn't make too much of a difference to me. I actually, I'll say this: I like the fact that that Bills fan base is going to be clinically insane. You could test all these people on their way into the door. On one side of the stadium, they'll be okay relatively law-abiding, chicken-wing-eating citizens. And once they get in there, they're going to be psychos because that's Bill's Mafia. And they did not get the chance to watch their team finally ascend to glory last year. They sucked for 70 years, I'm just going to say. I'm ignoring the four Super Bowl run. They sucked forever. They're finally good, and Buffalo doesn't get to go to any of the games. And then they're awesome last year. And now you get to see them open back up against a marquee franchise. That crowd is going to be insane and while that, you know, and now I'm talking myself out of it because the offensive line has a new center and the communication is going to be really difficult. But I kind of like the idea that there's some juice to this game instead of Tomlin and Ben's teams falling flat. Uh, so I like that there's some electricity in the air here. 
What is interesting is we're going to Buffalo for the second year in a row. After a string of six victories against Buffalo, the Steelers lost, as you've mentioned last year and the year before, that that was uh, that's when Deck blew up for four interceptions. But maybe we should throw that that year out. Uh, right, yeah. It's going to be tough this year too. But, you know, all we're looking for is the Steelers to at least play well in that game. I mean, I'm not saying you want them to lose. I'm just looking at the reality that Buffalo's better. Buffalo's more just kind of in their prime. They they have their formula figured out. The Steelers are just one of the biggest question mark teams in the league. Tons of talent, but tons of question marks uh, regarding the line. Regard, But hey, at least this year, Ben isn't coming off of a missed season. He has some chemistry with these receivers. You have Juju back. You have Najee, who surely is going to get 18 carries to open the game, right? Like, that's what we're going to see. It's Najee Harris is going to get the ball 20 times in a row to start the game. We are running the ball. My prediction is that we're going to go long on the first one to Claypool. I love it. But Man, I, I, hope they I bet that every year. Yeah, you do. But that's that. my bet every year. We leave Buffalo, and we come back home to play the Las Vegas Raiders. 1 p.m. game, thank goodness. Yeah, so I don't want to go through these all individually. I do like going through that first game because, like I said, there is a lot you can predict about that first game, and I think there's something to that, realizing how you're going to start. Yeah, thank goodness you go to the Raiders next. The Raiders suck. I, I know, oh, okay, and it's not at the Raiders because if it's at the Raiders, the Steelers lose no matter how badly they suck. But if we just want to roll through the next kind of slate of games, start at the Bills, that's tough. Then you play the Raiders, you're going to be favored in that game. Then you play the Bengals, you're going to be favored in that game. I find it hard to believe the Bengals are going to be a well-oiled machine by that time. Like, Joe Burrow's still going to be coming back from it. They're still going to be figuring that offensive line out. I think the Steelers should be able to take it there. But look at that. Two out of the first three games have some real options at receiver and quarterback. It's a little scary for a secondary that just – lost two of their best corners and didn't replace them with a single player then you're at the packers okay aaron Rodgers is playing for the packers this year i I think it's a little too late to get him out of there i think he'll be gone next year hopefully he's in in pittsburgh but uh that's just gonna be hard as hell once again another great passing offense to test this secondary that is not totally figured out then you get the broncos another work in progress i think you'll be favored in that game and then you get the Seahawks in Pittsburgh at night. That's going to be a marquee game. Such similar teams there in the way that they're up and down and emotionally driven and stuff like that. And then you get the bye week in week seven. And I'm just going to say maybe you get the bye week in week seven because we know as Steelers fans, sometimes you don't get a bye and it collapses your entire season. So that's that. And if I'm looking through there, do you want to make a prediction, a, a, a semi-pointless prediction onto what we're doing? Three and three. Three and three. Why? I think that um, I think it's going to be tough to win in Buffalo. I think you, as you yeah. pointed out, beat the Raiders and the Bengals, lose to the Packers, and you split the Broncos and the Seahawks. I think you're right. I think that uh, I, I could see them going three and three or four and two at at best but it does sort of seem like look the Steelers are going to have to figure out this offensive line and they're going to have to figure out the cornerbacks because and that doesn't mean that they won't do it like it just might take till later in the year and they have enough star power where I think they can take care of some of those less talented less ready teams but yeah I would sort of think that they might be I'm going to say 
they'll win the one against the Seahawks and the Broncos because the Seahawks is at home in prime time in Pittsburgh, and it's early in the year where I don't think Ben will be um, broken down yet by that point. So I'm actually going to give them the victory for that one. They don't have a pass rush that's really scary, which is nice. Yeah, they got some deep weapons at receiver, but they're not just like the pick-you-apart team. So I'm actually going to go 4-2 for the, for the start of that season. And then we get the bye week. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to predict that we get it this year. What? So what? You want to put some money on our predictions? I'm three and three. You're four and two. Yeah, I'm going to put all of them. I'm going to bet the house on this, and I'm going to bet the house at Bet Online. This week has tons of sports action as the MLB, NBA, and NHL are in full swing. The Pens are in the playoffs. Bet on Sidney Crosby. He won't do you wrong. He already had a one-handed goal before we taped this podcast today. You can get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including the leagues I just mentioned, and any other ones, and those fighting leagues, MMA, UFC, whatever. You got it all there. Before the next pitch, head over to bet online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sports news, sign-up bonuses, and contest informations. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Bet online, Ching! your online sports book experts. You work hard. You play hard. We know that because you've told us. And you know what? You deserve yourself a summer barbecue with Kansas City Steaks. Visit KansasCitySteaks.com and get 10% off your order and free shipping with the code SD. Steelers dominate at checkout. From classic steak cuts to USDA Prime to American-style Kobe, hard to find specialty cuts and more, Kansas City Steaks has everything you need to fire up the grill. They make it so easy. Each order from Kansas City Steaks is flash-frozen and delivered directly to your home, satisfaction guaranteed or your money back. Imagine relaxing in the backyard with family while enjoying steakhouse-quality meals from Kansas City Steaks. Try their butter-tender filet mignon. Kansas City Strips, Juicy Steak Burgers, All Beef Jumbo Hot Dogs, and even Complete Meal Combos. Bring the steakhouse to your house this summer with Kansas City Steaks. Go to KansasCitySteaks.com and get 10% off your order and free shipping with the code SD. Steelers dominate at checkout. That's KansasCitySteaks.com. All right, Nick, let's go through the rest of the, uh, I know you've, you have a job to do. Why don't we run through the rest of this schedule? But let me just note one little, uh, one little thing of concern is that after starting his career at 9-1 and one following a bye, Mike Tomlin has not done so well. Um, he's 4-4 he's, uh, four and four since then. We'll see. You think there's he's something to, to that? Um, no, I think You think that, it's just coincident? I, I think that he's done a poor job with things that he used to do a good job in. The end of the season collapses the past two, year have been, two years have been pathetic, but it's interesting how he never got uh, credit for his unbelievable finishes that we brought up ad nauseum for like the prior eight years where he was going no worse than six and two, very often seven and one or eight and oh um, yeah, earlier. But then that trend reversed. So, so hopefully those were just two outlier years with the buys and the slow finishes and he, he gets back on the horse this, this year. But yes, I do have to run right now and I actually think that this is a good um, – teaser a little bit because we gave our first half of the season well our first part of the season predictions already uh, we'll just read out the list of the opponents and then we're going to go through our predictions for the next week and complete our full season preview so after the bye week they get the first game against the browns it's gonna be at cleveland 
Then you play the Bears, the Lions, at the Chargers, at the Bengals, versus the Ravens, at the Vikings, versus the Titans, a little depleted, at the Chiefs, versus the Browns and the Ravens. Chiefs, Browns, Ravens to end the season. And I love it. That's a way you want to go to the playoffs. You want to play the playoffs for eight weeks instead of three. You know, screw it. But I have nothing else to add. I don't know if you do. I thought that this was a good show. Action-packed. we got plenty to talk about next week. Maybe guests coming up down the line. And we'll see what our life brings us. Hit us up on Twitter at Steelers Outpost. Shoot us an email at SteelersOutpost at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Until next week, go Steelers. Okay, bye-bye. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is... And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. (laughs) I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate.